joining us today on What's My Frame. Today we're talking with casting associate and professor at UCLA School of Theater, Film, and Television, Coco Keplinger. Before starting her career in casting, Coco had a successful acting career, received her MFA from UCLA with a dual emphasis in acting and dialect vocal production. In casting, she has worked on films such as It, It Chapter 2, The Disaster Artist, Shazam, Annabelle Comes Home, and one of my personal favorites, Game Night. Besides working at one of the busiest offices in LA, Coco makes her time for teaching at UCLA, with classes focusing on acting for the camera, audition technique, actor self-care, voice and speech, vocal extremes, and dialects. Please join me in welcoming Coco. Thank you for making some time because you are one of the lucky few that is still working through this very unusual time. Very lucky, very lucky. Love to start off with you telling us a little bit about your journey in the industry because you were an actor before doing casting um, mm -hmm. and how you arrived at your current, your current creative juncture. Yeah, I started acting when I was 13. Um, got my first agent at 15 and I was kind of just off to the races. And I, I'm from Wyoming, so I had to drive to Denver to act. Um, and so I just kind of took off and I was pushy and loud and <laughs> I just kind of made it happen. My, my first agent told me no. I, I just showed up at his office. I made an appointment. I just showed up and I said, hi, you're the best agent in town, they tell me. So I'd like to be one of your clients and bless him. He was so sweet to me, but he was like, uh, <laughs> no, no, thank you. And then he, um, he had a class that he taught every Sunday night and I showed up to it and just worked and worked and worked. And that night he signed me. So you eventually won him over. Um, I won him over in a week. Um, oh, just by week. Oh my gosh. By being pushy and and passionate and yeah, um, yeah. And then I I acted all through school. Uh, as you said, I got my undergrad and my my grad degrees at UCLA, and then um, I acted in theater until I was thirty, and then um, I. And I was also um, dialect coaching at the time. And I just felt kind of a crater shifting in me um, where I, I, didn't, I didn't love acting for television and film. I love acting for theater, but I don't like acting for television and film. And it was starting to be more of a drag than it was fun. And I am a big believer that if you, if you go into the arts it should be something that you deeply enjoy all the time. So I had no problem walking away from it. And I just looked for where I could be helpful and casting seemed a good place to start. And I like working with actors. So I jumped into casting and I, I have had no regrets. I've been so happy in casting and teaching. Yeah. And I love helping actors. It's, it's filled a place that I didn't know was empty for me where you had been acting in Denver in one of the like secondary markets in the States. Do you have any advice for actors that are in, you know, Denver, Atlanta, Austin, Chicago, that are contemplating moving to LA or New York? Any advice of what, you know, tools they need to have before they make that jump? Yeah. I mean, it helps to have things in place, which means you have to do some recon trips. I think, um, I mean, I was super lucky. I moved out to go to school. So I kind of had, 
a social circle built in, but I think people think about the money they'll need to move out, uh-huh. but they don't think about going out and looking at the different neighborhoods to see which neighborhood works for them and um, coming out to, to try to meet with people before you, you move. Um, I think those are all really smart things to do so that you have some kind of setup so that you feel you feel like you moved with purpose. I moved to this specific neighborhood because it, I loved the trees or I loved that it was close to this or it's right in the heart of Hollywood or whatever. And then you, in those reconnaissance trips, you'll meet friends, which will be very helpful to you in LA. Um, I can't speak to New York, but I can't imagine it's any different. You're going to want to scope it out first. Yeah. That way you don't feel like you were just dropped in the middle of nowhere. Yes, it's so important to have that support system of your creative community and not just landing here and feeling like you're on a foreign planet, if you will. Yeah, yeah, because I'm sure you experienced this when you first moved to LA. Yeah. You, you feel like you're here, but you're not here. I mean, I had always been outgoing, but when I first moved to LA, I did not know a stranger. I was talking to people at Ralph's in the hallways, like anywhere I could find. Are you an actor? I'm an actor. Let's chat. Like, where do you go? What do you do? You know, all of that kind of stuff. Researching the classes is a really smart thing to do too, because that's a great place to learn people, um, to to meet people, to to learn the city. You'll meet people who will say, oh, you should go to this coffee shop or let me introduce you to my agent. And then suddenly you, you have a spot, you have a place to be home. Now you're at Rich Delea Casting. For actors that have not yet been into you guys' office, can you walk us through an audition and what the process of coming into your office is like? Yeah, so we're run by a bunch of ex-actors. Um, Rich is an ex-actor. I'm an ex-actor. Um, so covering. There you go. Yeah, so we, um, we really value actors and we really understand what is precious about what you're giving us which is part of the reason I love working for Rich. Um, So often you'll come in and there won't be a whole waiting room full of people. Um, A lot of times people come in and it's, they don't see another actor. Um, Now, obviously we can't do that all the time. Sometimes we have to like see a bunch of people, but we try to space it out a little bit. Um, And then generally, if you're coming in for me, I'll greet you. Um, I... I sit right up front in our office because I like to see the actors and I also like to see how they would treat me if they didn't know I was an associate. Mm-hmm. Um, so be nice to the people up front because you never know. They might be the person bringing you into the audition room. Um, but yeah, and then we we generally do two takes um, unless you, I mean, it's very rare that I see a perfect take, but if you if you just nail it, then we just leave it alone. But most of the time we do two takes of each scene. Um, we give you some direction in between and we try to treat you kindly. Um, I have a lot of friends who are actors and they tell me horror stories. So some of it seems like, you know, just normal human decency. Um, but I also think that in our office, we, we try to remember all the time that you're giving us a huge gift. Hmm. The problem is you have to remember that you're giving us a gift too, because if you treat it like you're apologizing for what you gave us, then we'll think it's not as good as what we would have thought. Does that make sense? That does make sense. I have heard countless times, you know, if you if you start apologizing before the person on the other side of the table has even formed their opinion, you're then shaking their opinion. 
Yeah, and there's a million reasons or a million ways that actors will apologize without even thinking about it. The way you walk into a room sometimes is an apology. Um, the way you take your time. If I say, I know this is a, an intense scene, so please take your time. Let me know when you are ready. Yeah. And you don't take that time, then you're apologizing for what you're about to, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, there's a million ways to do that. And I always feel awful for actors when they do. Um, because it is special what you do and and you should value it yeah and we kind of live with a layer of skin removed a little bit yeah you know when you get these auditions sometimes actors unfortunately don't enjoy the process of creating and getting to play that part for you know say five or ten minutes in the room and you know countless hours prior um we're just focused on you know the resume line or the booking of the job and not the the process of learning and the booking the room versus booking the role elements of it which is the weirdest thing because we're focused on the opposite we don't care really um I mean the last time I looked at a resume was a long time ago I think it was for a child we don't if you're good you're good yeah if you're good and you haven't been in a, a huge movie yet like yeah you have we have to convince the producers but convincing us is pretty easy you just have to be in the moment so I've seen actors who basically talk themselves out of the role because they're intimidated by the script or the office or the op audition at all and then we have a problem because it's like I can't I can't fight for you harder than you fight for you absolutely I think a lot of actors need to hear that <laughs> <laughs> just we need that reminder of we in fact are our first advocate and yeah. we can't just create and then expect you guys to go and champion for us if we don't believe in ourselves yeah because we want to we want you to show us what's special and interesting and heartbreaking and beautiful about you mm -hmm. as a performer um and any insecurity is going to hide that from us yeah so don't shoot yourself in the foot. <laughs> exactly. Now you have a resume filled with these huge, big budget, top secret features. How do you all handle these top secret projects in the day where everything is treated very precious? Do you guys have dummy sides? Are you having extra sign NDAs? How do you guys handle that tedious situation? Oh, everything. Um, <laughs> and days, uh, a lot of times nowadays you won't see a script. Um, it's, and you can ask, you can always ask, but a lot of times we say no these days. Um, there's just, people are, are grabby on the internet. And so they try to spoil movies. And so we're trying not to, um, we have had NDAs, we have had social media bans. Um, a lot of times people want to take a picture in the office, like, I have an audition today, look where I'm at. And um, sometimes we have to put a kibosh on that because we can't, you can't take a picture in front of like the sign, you know, for the movie. So, um, and we have changed the movie names. Um, a lot of our movies are untitled Warner Brothers Project, untitled Sony Project, untitled, you know. Um, and I get that that's really hard for actors, but basically it means that if you get sides and they look bananas to you, <laughs> give it a shot because it might be a superhero movie and wouldn't it be worth it to try these banana sides and 
like see what you can do with them as opposed to coming in and being like so what is this about <laughs> with your tone I mean saying things like is there anything you can tell me about this what you know mm-hmm. and often in the room we will work with you like we won't let you go so off track um and same with if we requested a self-tape and it's dummy sides and it's weird and all all sorts of things are secret, we'll yeah. we'll make sure you have enough information that you can play the part well. Okay, wonderful. As long as you do your job and you pay attention to whatever clues we're giving you, you uh-huh. should. Now, what you were saying about actors so often want to share their successes on social media, yeah. and also because there are so many NDAs floating around. Um, a lot of times I feel like actors become slightly immune to the seriousness of them. Can you like talk about from the casting perspective how serious it is that the actor take them serious? What I would do is shift your focus. Yeah. If your focus is, okay, so for social media, I get it. A lot of people think it's important. Um, I think it's probably less important than you think it is. Yeah. Um, In the sense that, bless all of you, but you know, you could work, for a whole year on getting your social media tip top and you're still not going to beat Jennifer Aniston. So sometimes there's like a, a point where you say, okay, I'm an artist. I don't need to be taking pictures of myself on camping trails and by the beach. And you know, like yeah. it's more productive. I find to, to read plays and that kind of stuff rather than focus on a game. You're not going to win. Yeah. Um, cause you know, there's someone out there who has a makeup tutorial, who's got three bazillion followers and you're a different type of artist. So taking pictures of your auditions isn't, you're missing the point. Yeah. Like the audition should be something that you do your best at and then forget. It's like theater. You, you have your opening night, which is also your closing night. And then you go home and you forget okay. it happened where you put the celebrations up is when you book the job. Exactly. Um, and you don't do that until you're announced because <laughs> you, and think of it this way. Like you don't want to put that you, you got this role and have your friends say, really? Cause I'm not seeing it in any of the papers. You want a paper to back you up. So wait until it's announced. Yeah. Then you can say, look at this guys and announce all you want on social media. But we don't, we don't value social media for your accolades so so don't post your auditions because also what if you post your audition and then you don't book that role you're going to feel stupid so so let that be the 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 theater part and then the film part can be once you book the job exactly um now let's talk about casting profiles a little bit just like you were talking about how reels are so important with self-tapes on some of these projects what are some key elements that actors need to make casting's job easier? What are like useful headshots for you guys? Things like that. This is a really good time because of the crisis to be going through your, your materials, making sure that it's exactly what you want to show the public. So any um, old headshots should be taken down because they just clutter up your space. You need two, three headshots that look like you that are not overprocessed. Uh-huh. that aren't over photoshopped um and are current and that's really it you don't need any bells and whistles you don't need like everyone's doing this background where can I find this background you don't need any of that stuff you need 
interesting pictures where you look like you're not zoned out that look like you. And then for reels, this is a great time to be re reconfiguring those. Um, ideally, you have a comedic reel, uh-huh. a drama reel, and then you have clips. Um, now, I know some people organize their clips as like cop, number one, lawyer, angry girl. Like they, they describe the clips and some people think that's really helpful. Um, I find that if it's a show that people recognize, uh-huh. you don't need to do that. Um, we all know Bloodline's not a three camera comedy, so you don't need to put like drama on that. Um, that said, if it's something that I'm a big advocate of, like make your own materials. Uh-huh. And so if it's something you did with a friend and you feel like it would be helpful, like you can't put whatever the title you made up on there, you, you have to put a title. Um, then you can go ahead and put like romantic scene, okay, dark drama, black comedy, whatever. Okay. Um, I just, I hesitate when it gets too specific, when you start boxing yourself in. Young mom. It's like, mm, give yourself a little more credit than that. Like, be someone who's doing something as well. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I think sometimes actors are trying to be so specific, they almost knock themselves out of opportunities because they're, they've compartmentalized themselves in certain roles too much. Yeah. yeah, and I see actors also that look at their profile and see that clip that says young mom or something, and they, like, cringe at it. Uh-huh. Whereas if they just labeled it something like dramatic, sad scene or something like that, yeah. they would be fine with it. So make sure you're not putting forward materials that you are not happy with, because that affects how you enter places, how you meet people. Like your headshot should be something you're happy with. <laughs> 100%. Other than that, I'd say like as many materials as you can make for yourself. And this is a good time to make to experiment at least yeah find out what your phone camera can do Mm, so much now yeah find out where in your house really is the best place for self-tapes because I know you all set that up in about 10 minutes in a panic on a Tuesday night when your tape is due on Wednesday none of us have ever done that (laughs) no we're totally prepared when the self-tape comes in add to your profile that'll also add to your list of things to do Mm -hmm in this nutty time we find ourselves in. Free time. Yeah. Now, what is one of your personality strengths that you find as a real asset to casting as well as teaching? I think it's just, this is going to sound so cheesy, but I think it really is that I love actors. I mean, mm-hmm. when I'm teaching at UCLA, I just, I love my kids at UCLA. I'm like the biggest mama bear. They'll tell you oh. that. But I mean, I find myself being like uh, Maria Von Trapp at school where it's like, you don't think he could act? Well, you you listen to me. If you had seen him in last month's production of whatever, whatever. Um, so I get very like passionate about my actors and I'm, I'm passionate about the people who come in to our office. Mm-hmm. If you come in, I think that's a really brave thing. Yeah. And, and so I want to help you as much as I can because I believe in the brave thing you're doing. So if you need another take, please ask for it because I'm the person who's going to be the 
you're not going to find this very often, I think. Yeah. From what I've heard from actor friends. But when you do find it, man, take it. If someone's like, how do you feel about that? Did you want to do another take? My God, you know, be honest. If you really felt like it was amazing, say so. If No one's going to ask you that. So, so if you felt like it was bad, uh-huh. say, can I please have another take? Yeah. Because, you know, you're going to encounter some people who are going to be like, no. Every so often you'll, you'll find someone who really loves the actors and will say, yeah, of course, what do you want? And I think you'll find that you have more advocates than you think you do. Absolutely. Yeah. There are, there are so many casting directors and directors and writer producers that I see like this shift in the creative community that they're so much more pro actors and pro a healthy environment and a a collaborative environment and that's that's amazing it's it's not as scary as it used to be (laughs) the world's becoming a kinder place I like to think yes it's it's about time yeah (laughs) now going off of that you value and even teach the importance of actor self-care we're in a bit of a holding pattern at the moment any advice for actors of how to stay motivated during this time this is this is a really good time to be consuming good art Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, sure. Watch the Tiger King. God knows everything, <laughs> but also watch a classic. Yeah, or watch one of the Academy Award nominees that you didn't see, or I mean, watch one of the shows that they said was snubbed that wasn't awarded this year, and see if you like it or not. And read plays, read books. Um, I think this is the best time in the entire world to start a diary. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I had an idea. I'm not a, I'm not a, that kind of writer, but for those of you who are, put every genre you can think of in a hat. Tell yourself that you're going to tell a story about some aspect of this situation that's happening now. It can be as simple as like two people who live in apartments across from each other who are talking to each other. And suddenly you're writing a zombie film or you're writing a comedy or you're writing a superhero film or... I love that idea. I find that a lot of times creative people, especially actors, Uh they... (laughs) On set, you're not allowed to touch anything, right? Uh If you try to make that lamp, I'm going to take it away from you because that's not your job. Well, you forget that a lot of your job is you. So... So this is the time to be picking up all the metaphorical lamps. Be be reading the books. Be be listening to music you don't normally listen to. Make yourself a playlist for when you want to go out to auditions and you want to feel pumped up. Yeah. Um, this is a good time to be putting all those pieces together and feeding that because you started as an actress, I'm guessing, because uh-huh. you saw a piece of theater or film that moved you. Right. I myself started in, in church plays and then at about five I heard laughter for the first time from a stage. And it yeah. was done. It was absolutely done after that. I was like, this is the one and only, like this is what's happening. And you you find you know, as a child, I remember just being this sponge of wanting to watch and absorb and go to, you know, theater that was specifically geared for children. And and you just you absorb and you remember so much of that, more so sometimes than what I may have watched last year yeah it was so pivotal as a as a child yeah and so 
what's to stop you guys from renting that one movie or television show that you saw that first made you think like, oh, that's a job I could do, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And let yourself fall in love with it again. And it is a very scary time and it's a very um, hard time culturally because there's a lot of divides and a lot of people who are, I don't think people act well when they're scared. I, I, I don't mean actors. I mean like people. I don't think people act according to like their best interests or mm-hmm. other people's best interests when they're scared. 100%. So this is a good time to, I hate to repeat all the news, but like hunker down <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and go through and, you know, watch Cheers is on Netflix. Why not see why that was funny? Yeah. <laughs> why it worked. And does it still work? And do you still like it? Or did you, would you ever have liked it? Watch Meet Me in St. Louis and all those classics and see like, oh, the acting has changed or it hasn't changed. Yeah. Because there are are moments that people talk about that are historically um, like legendary moments in in Hollywood. Um, I mean, It Happened One Night is a classic and people have so many stories about that film, but how many of you have seen it? There there are so many of the classics that I think the millennial and Gen Z era have not even experienced. They just, they know the memes or they know like these one-liners off of it, but have never truly like sat down, phoned down and like watched it. And if you allow yourself to be as ADD as you want to be in this time period, it's just going to get worse and worse. Whereas if you make yourself sit down and do one thing every Uh day that is going to be... And it's, I mean, you know, have your zombie staycation and, and your quarantine brunch via Zoom and, and, but also read Uta Hagen's book. There you go. Or, or, you know, watch every Tom Hanks film in order to see what happened to him. You know, like that kind of stuff. Wow. That's a lot of like really good homework for us. All right. Who's your favorite actor or actress? Meryl Streep is my favorite female actress. Have you ever watched your films one after the other? I have never watched them in order, no. That's a really good idea. Or pick, like, one film from her beginning, one film from the middle no. of her career, one film that she just did recently, and see see what you think. That would be really interesting to see, like, mannerisms and styles of acting and interaction with the other actor. See how they, like, yeah. stayed or varied. All right, I'm, that's literally one of my, my weekend projects now. Yeah. I have plans. Yay! <laughs> Don't we all want plans more than anything right now? So much. <laughs> now you are fortunate enough to be at an office that is continuing to work, at least for the time being, through this process via self-tapes. Um, but what is one of the projects you're working on that you're excited to see up and running, um, like actually going into production when things go back to normal? Well, I can't say too much about our current projects. Okay. Um, because I've signed NDAs, but okay. we're working on a bad robot film right now that I really hope goes. Um, it's it's just a really cool film, and we're very lucky, honestly. We're very, very lucky that we work on films that I always think are, if not like, I mean, you can't always work on films that are going to change the fabric of society, but they're fun. They yeah. they move me in some way. They say something interesting. Um, and they don't offend me. <laughs> there that's, you go. That's really my bar, is if they offend me, because I'm pretty hard to offend. 
Um, and so if they hit that bar, it's like, ooh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, we're we're still hoping it goes. And um, I mean, I think all of us in the industry are really um, we're workhorses. We, yeah. you know, we're waiting for the day when it's safe to like get up and start creating films again because we understand that it's important but we're also designed to be doing this stuff so hopefully this is not gonna I don't think it's I 100% believe that it's not going to cripple the industry or anything like that yeah. uh, but I do think we're all raring to go once this is done yeah I think there there will be a huge surge in because everyone yes has been like in this little cocoon and has been creating and cultivating individually but I think we're we're at our core a, a community and we like to be around other creatives to bounce ideas off of and we we don't want like I'm starting to see more and more on the breakdowns these like quarantine projects where you know you're filming with your phone at your home and you're doing this and that and it's like oh it, it just it kind of breaks my heart because like I don't want that to become the new normal it's like I no. don't think it <laughs> no I, I think it's a blow over I think we're lucky that we're in an industry that has always historically looked back and forward at the same time. Mm -hmm. We're the people who did Stranger Things and Blade Runner 2049 in the same era because we wanted to go both ways. We wanted to go back to our childhood and also like off into the future. And so I don't think with an industry that's that that interested in in encompassing all the stories of the world mm -hmm. I don't think there's any stopping that exactly and so much of what people are doing in fact um actor or not with their newfound free time is in fact entertaining themselves and watching tv and film so and, and hopefully it will always be a necessity to an extent yeah. and hopefully getting bored enough that they come up with a really good idea for something that they can do once this is over yeah, something original. Now, you are a professor at UCLA where you also received your MFA and your grad degree. How did you find your way back on campus? Um, I, to be honest with you, I got sick. Um, oh. Yeah, I, last summer I, um, I got really sick and we couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And uh, at the same time, I got offered to come back and teach at UCLA. Um, and I taught there a little bit while I was getting my master's and I loved teaching. I've always loved teaching. Um, and I, I've supplemented over the years by teaching classes at various places around LA. Um, and it was just the right time. And Rich was just the best advocate I could have asked for. He was like, Oh, your health comes first. He's the best boss. Um, but he was like, your health comes first, of course. Like, so I took, uh, the fall off to teach um, oh, wow. to kind of slow things down so that I could, because our job is very, um, I mean, we work all day, every day. And so it's hard to find time to, to go to the doctor and not because like we can't, we can, we're just, I mean, for me, I'm always excited to get to work. And so I just don't go to the doctor. Then I got back on campus and I found that um, there were some awkward times. I mean, there's still some professors that I look at and I don't think of myself as a professor. I think of myself as a student around them. <laughs> um, but I loved it. I really loved it. And I fell in love with the kids. Um, they're so talented and they're so young and hungry and eager and inventive and pushy. 
um, this next generation coming up is just going to kick all of our butts because um, they, they know what they deserve and they are ready to get it. So <laughs> they watched all the people above them like have troubles and they were like, not us. <laughs> it stops now. Yeah. And I like being around that energy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, actors often want to feel like they're doing something, but more often than not, these mailers are expensive or other projects, and they don't truly move the needle. What is some advice you would give to actors to stay current, relevant, on casting's radar without being awkward and, like, offensive? Create. Yeah. I mean, if, if I get a postcard in the mail that just has your headshot on one side and hey I hope you're great on the other side it goes right in the trash like Uh I'll be completely honest with you it goes in the trash I don't know what to do with that yeah it's it's like a weird random like it's like when someone used to poke you on Facebook like what do you do with that um if someone sends me an email saying hey I hope you're well just wanting to check in that does nothing for me. Like uh-huh. we're not friends. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm open to being friends with people, but we're not friends at the moment. So it's exactly. weird. But when you send me a clip of something, uh-huh. you say, Hey, I just wanted to let you know, I finished this finally. And I'm really proud of it. Even if it's a five minute short, I'll watch it. Yeah. And I don't think I'm the only one. So I really think that's the way we trust you like your agent will run half as fast as you will right i'm sure you've noticed that but it's not your job to run as fast as you do exactly and it's not casting's job to make your career for you Uh it's it's your job to bring something to the table as well i think a lot of actors think like there's all these people in place to make their career happen Uh but that's not the case you're as valuable a member of the crew as anyone else so you got to come to the table with your stuff too so I mean, this is a good time to be filming those monologues that you've always loved and filming them in a cool, creative way that doesn't feel like a self-tape with monologue. Yeah. And and figuring out a way to be like, you know what? I have always, I've always loved this character from this Edward Albee play. This is something that means a lot to me. I think this story is valid for these reasons and I hope you're well. Please enjoy that's something I would watch. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, obviously right now we're in weird circumstances. If we were not in these circumstances, I would say, you know, film with friends. Yeah. Um, film scenes. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, why not? Film, film all your favorite monologues. And how long has it been since most of you did monologues? Exactly. All of these one minute monologue contests that are popping up on Instagram, I have heard from so many friends hey do you have like a monologue book like do you have something like you can like ping me like three four monologues and I'm I'm an extremely type a person so they're like all in folders on my computer but still it's like it's been a minute as actors that doesn't depend on anyone else other than ourselves we can be doing those at any time not just now right and I'm also I mean I know it sounds super cheesy but I'm also a big believer because I've seen it happen this way of people creating space for what they want to come into their lives in a way. Yeah. And so let's say you suddenly decided you wanted to read Shakespeare for one day mm-hmm. and then you, you're like, Oh my God, I forgot that I really loved reading this stuff. And so you start reading more and more and more and you get really into it. 
and then you decide to pop a Shakespeare monologue on tape. And then it turns out they're filming one of those great period pieces. Yeah. And someone sees it and is like, let's give her a shot. And then at least you have a shot, you know? Yeah. Um, that's how Zachary Quinto will admit that's how he got Spock. I mean, he just went around talking about how he wanted to be in Star Trek for a year. And he looked, he was like, people tell me I look like Spock. No one had told him that, but like, you know. In his mind. But I mean, it's a, it's a great way to get what you want, you know? Yeah. Like, he does look like Spock. It doesn't yeah. matter if anyone told him or not. He put that in our minds and then people were like, mm-hmm. we want him to be Spock. And then yeah. he got it. Exactly. So what's to stop that from happening with, God knows we're adapting books and plays at a, an alarming rate because we're running out of material. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Your favorite book might be the next thing we film. Yeah. Or your favorite play. So it, I don't think it hurts any to, to be working on that stuff. All right. Now you have talked about books and research. You are just a wealth of knowledge with that your brain of yours, which I love talking to. Now I'm going to be cheesy, but do you have any homework? And I'm saying this with air quotes for us actors um, during this time to like sharpen our craft besides, you know, the monologues that we've talked about and, you know, sharpening our materials. Are there any books or assignments that you would say are worthwhile? I mean, there are so many plays you can read that are online. Uh, I would say read biographies, but also read fiction. I'm not kidding. We really are adapting fiction. Um, I think the biggest um, the biggest person doing that right now is Reese Witherspoon, I think. Yeah. So if you just go onto her projects in development, half of those are based on books. Start mm-hmm. reading those books because... They're not in development at the moment, so there's still a shot, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so read books, read uh, plays, read biographies of people that you like. I mean, it does you no good to start a biography of, like, Nixon if you don't care at all. So, you know, start with someone like like Meryl Streep. Yeah. Um, and, and then work your way out from there, things that you find interesting. Yeah. Um, I also think you should all be writing. I think you should all be keeping a journal, if nothing else. If even if it's just this is what happened today, because your kids are never going to believe you. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, and then you know, staying active, staying healthy, um, going for walks, not with other people, but you know, by yourself. Uh, and then really just enjoying remember like you were made a creative person that's a privilege so enjoy it you know like go through there's a lot of uh I'm a big believer in in the holistic approach to a character as well Uh so if you read a play or a book and you're like "Ooh, this character I like a lot or this is who I'd be if I was in this book yeah make a playlist for that character go on all the all the museums that are doing like tours right now and find pieces of art that work for that character. Um, write journal entries as that character, and then you'll start writing that film. Yeah. And that's generally how creativity works. So it builds on itself. Yeah, you start with something that's interesting to you, and you just let yourself go down the rabbit hole. But you have to, you have to push yourself. There's, there's some bizarre stuff happening, so you have to kind of 
it's going to hurt to go against that because it feels like party time America in our houses. But if you, if you let yourself say, I'm going to read this book specifically because it has a person my age in it, Mm -hmm. then you read it and then you let yourself build that character. Like you're preparing for a role. Yeah. If you always treat your life like you're preparing for a role, you'll always be happy. Because that's what you like best, right? Is preparing for a role. Really good. Yes. Like that's that's good advice. Yeah, because if I said, you know, here's the role, it could be anything. Uh You'll be playing Mary. And we're filming in a month. You have a month to prepare this role. Like I saw it in your face. It lit up. You were like, I have important things to do for the month. So Yes. So just find a character and and have a friend or if it helps have have a, a mentor or a teacher call you and say hi we're filming this in a month <laughs> get ready make it real yeah oh, that's amazing all right our last question what is one thing you wish you could go back and tell your younger self you are always the most alive and beautiful and passionate that you will ever be in your life and if you take it for granted you're a shameful fool um yeah I mean I've been pretty good in my life about not taking things for granted and about enjoying the moment but you can never do it enough being an artist is is a privilege it's uh-huh. and if I could say anything to a young artist it would be you're if you can connect to that passion to that little glimmer of like jewel inside of you yeah you light up so connect with all the time if you can. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing so much valuable information and positivity and just being a real ray of sunshine through all of this. I really appreciate it so much. Of course. I hope I hope it helps someone and I hope, I mean, I know we're going to get through this, but I hope it makes someone feel more connected. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And to my guest today, Coco Kleppinger. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And tell a friend. Our goal here at What's My Frame is to encourage, inspire, and educate our creative community. Follow us on Instagram at What's My Frame for more industry insight, tips, tricks, and inspiration. I'm Laura Linda Brownlee. Thanks for listening to What's My Frame.